you know, it's not about the pursuit of happiness. It's about the happiness of pursuit and really figuring out how to romanticize the small moments. And I've been doing that a lot more consciously. Like, I can't wait to make breakfast. I make an awesome breakfast. Like, I can't wait to drive to work because, you know, I'm learning, you know, my wife's Ukrainian. I have a kid on the way. She'll be half Ukrainian. And so, you know, I've been learning Ukrainian. I can't wait to get in the car and do a ne- my next class in Ukrainian. Like, I can't wait to get to work and like dive into, you know, this email or this project or meet with this person. Like, stop focusing on, like you said, when I'm taller, when I'm older, because like I did that when I was younger, it was like, I can't wait to get out of high school. Then everything is going to be great. I can't wait to, if I can just graduate college, everything is going to be awesome. And I just need to get out of the army. If I can just get out of the army. And it's like, you just, you're just, instead of living your life on play, you're skipping chapters. Yeah. And how are you going to watch a movie if you're doing the skip chapter button? And you're yeah, just seeing, you're seeing screenshots of right. the movie as you go by. And a two-hour movie takes you a minute. That sucks. Who's going to pay for that? If I said, hey, Ian, let's go watch this movie, but I'm going to hit skip chapter the whole way, you're going to be like, I'm good, man. You, you, might be, you might be mentally unwell. But we do it all the time in our life. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Mental Purpose Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Lobos. Look, today is, is a powerhouse episode. And I know I say that a lot. My, my, uh, my buddy said, you call them fire episodes a lot. And I, I think they are, I wouldn't put it out if they weren't. And, and I think that the, the trajectory and the growth that the mental purpose organization is in right now that I'm in as a leader and as a, as a, as a, a movement creator and a coach and a father and a husband and a man on purpose, it's, I'm getting better and the episodes are getting better and the guests are getting higher and like, Everything is freaking awesome, all right? My guest today, Randall Crowder, like the, 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 the conversation went so different than I thought it would. And I mean, this guy, if you read his resume, this guy is decorated. He is, a, a, you know, runs a company that's, that's on the NASDAQ. I mean, young guy, my age, 40 years old, 41 years old, like incredible stuff, decorated military vet, you know, like incredible guy and... We talk all personal development today. So here are the things that you're going to learn today so you know that you're not wasting your time. And I promise you, I won't put an episode out that will waste your time. But you just got to know that this is going to serve you. So we're going to talk about measuring success, making time for you, why people go immediately to the negative and how to and how to turn those society stereotypes that are in your mind and start to change those habits. Fallacies with being productive and being effective. And we're going to talk about the pursuit of happiness and the difference between the happiness of the pursuit or the happiness in the pursuit, being purposeful about what matters in your life, being on purpose, a series of moments, small moments that build self-confidence, internal vulnerability, trusts, communication, talking with your partners, being both feet in in your relationships, not just with your marriage, but with your kids, with your business partner, with your employees and with yourself. That's the big thing. Making sure that you make a commitment to you and honor that shit honor it, right? We're going to be talking about, again, vulnerability, stopping comparing yourself to others, controlling your anger, giving your power away to people, talking about, you know, your spouse or your partner in public or to your friends and the way that you do that and checking in with that. We're going to be talking about 
imposter syndrome and insecurity and owning your shit. And in the mental purpose world, we say every single piece of your life and the results you have are on you. And when you develop that habit, you elevate and evolve yourself to become a more powerful human being. Lots of other stuff, self-actualization, overcorrection, intentions, integrity, being weak, being a leader. What does that mean? All kinds of stuff. You are going to love this episode. That's it. Okay. Menonpurpose.net is where you can find everything about Men on Purpose. Menonpurpose.net. Our curriculums there, our masterminds are, are, are blazing right now. And our, uh, our, our lower ticket items, our VMP course, our free stuff. There's tons of free stuff in there. Just go download it. Just go help yourself. Take a step now and say, I can do this. I can honor myself. I can value myself. I can love myself. I can trust myself. I can make one move that'll get me closer to that goal I have or that result I want to be the best person I can be, best father, the best husband, the best leader, whatever it might be. The other thing that Randall and I, that, that Randall and I talk about is the mission beyond the mission. And we talked about it after I stopped recording. We're going to do a part two. Really, one of the biggest things that our goal and our mission is at MOP is to give back to the community. And I know sometimes that sounds cheesy, and it's not. There are so many people that are in need that our mission is to provide options and opportunity, both financially and educationally, to those people who don't have them, options and opportunity. And to those people that in their mindset, don't think they can get them or they're physically challenged or like for animals. So think about that. We're going to be doing some challenges in 2023 and we want you to be a part of those. We're going to be raised money for local community stuff. And we want to activate this network to start thinking about how our financial and our educational and even our physical resources can go to our communities and to help our world. Okay. That's where we're going with this. That's where we're going. Okay. Thank you for being here. Go to mentalpurpose.net. Check out everything. Make sure you join our Facebook community. If you haven't, we love you. Enjoy this episode. All right, dude. Impressive resume. And I want to, I, I am really curious about how you operate your life. Right? Really curious about how you operate. And take us back to that, the guy you used to be, who has now become the you today. And the, you know, I, I just the, the, the hits, the, the fail points, the, oh my God, what the hell am I going to do? And, you know, like, Man, I, I would say, I wish that, I wish those things, you know, for one, you know, I got to commend you on, you know, the theming and the audience, very interesting angles um, for, you know, surfacing content, surfacing yeah. vulnerability, um, getting people thinking about things that, you know, I think, you know, I always use Robin Williams as an example. You know, you think, God, this guy's successful. He's a comedian. He's funny. Kills himself. Yeah, what yeah. gives? Um, yeah. And I think it's just, you know, money doesn't buy you happiness. And, you know, if you're, if, you know, mental health is a, is a serious, serious issue. And it's becoming even more so the more we're inundated with technology, you know, I always feel like this is what girls must have felt like, you know, what, looking at, you know, magazines and now Instagram where everything is fake, yeah. but that's what they have to live up to was men 
we kind of have to do the same thing now. Like you, you see like, you know, Elon Musk, you know, you know, just, just eating the world, you know, Jeff Bezos, like, you know, why, why aren't I operating at that level? Why can't I do that? How does, you know, how does certain, you know, characteristics, you know, translate. And at the end of the day, some of it's just an impossible task. You know, right. your comparison other is such an important construct. Like who are you comparing yourself to uh, and how dangerous that can be, but just being vulnerable and, and sharing, like we talked about, you know, these, where are you, where did you fail and, and how did you overcome that? And where are you still failing and where do you need to overcome? I think so many people, they, they, they keep that in and they don't want to admit, you know, where they're weak and they, you know, who do they talk to? And they don't want to tell their family because they don't want their family to worry. They don't want to tell their peers because they don't want to be judged. They don't want to tell their employees because they don't want to, they don't want them to freak out and go find a new job. Right. And you find yourself, if you're a type A leader of men and women, it's a lonely road sometimes. And, yeah. and it's a lot of fake it till you make it. And, you know, the question is, how do you even quantify making it you know some people can make a hundred million dollars and they still haven't made it because they haven't right. figured out what true wealth is right uh, some people you know have a bunch of kids and you know they have family and then they just go on voice trips and try to escape them all all day long and you know they, they, that's not making it so you know how do you find that balance is, is going to be tough so anyways i just wanted to commend you for having Thank a you. really interesting angle uh for what you're doing dude that is one i greatly appreciate that because sometimes I think about it and I go, this is, this is so easy that it, it, it can't be deep. It can't be beneficial. It can't be powerful, you know? And then that's like my insecure mind. Yeah. And the, and the stuff that you're talking about, I, I was talking to somebody on a podcast yesterday where we were talking about the, uh, the achievement or the goals. And so much of our culture is built on when I get, when I have, Mm -hmm. At this time, when that part of my life is over, when I'm bigger, smaller, taller, faster, stronger, more money, whatever it might be, I will. And then my question is, well, what about now, dude? I just got off the phone with somebody right before I got on with you. And we were talking about me living in Southern California. And one of the one of the like six things that people say is, oh, uh, taxes. Oh, what about the traffic? What about the smog? It's expensive. And, and I forget, and gas prices. That's like yeah. five right there. Pop, pop, pop. And I, I, I read this really interesting book called Die With Zero. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it changed my perspective on the hoarder uh, uh, generational wealth mentality, which you can still provide wealth for your children. Sure. But what about the hours you're working and the hours you're not spending enjoying your life now. And I'm not saying you gotta spend money to enjoy. I'm saying money provides an option or an opportunity to have a little bit more freedom to go and enjoy. Yeah. And so like that that mindset, I actually wanna start there with you. Yeah. Dude, you're, you're a busy guy, you got a lot of stuff going on. Like your companies are, are publicly traded, that's not small. Yeah. How are you, one, measuring success, and two, how are you making time for you? Yeah, that's a great question. So I, I do want to say, you know, before I jump into that, sometimes you got to reframe your own narrative. You know, we always talk about reframing narrative in life, but, you know, think about what you just said. You know, you moved to California and what are people, first thing they tell you? Yeah. Oh, why'd you do that? Oh, taxes. Why does it bother you? <laughs> Right. Like, why right. are you trying to like, I mean, we know that media sells negativity because it gets six times the engagement. Right. 
and 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 that that media is money. So you you push negative stories because of that. But the secondary and tertiary consequences of that is that's our new normal. Yeah. You know why not be like, oh man, you know you surf, you know how's the weather? Right. How about how how the girls? Oh wait, <laughs> you know I mean, why do we always go to? Because I do it. You know it's like man, you're willing to pay those taxes like immediately out of the gate. I want to tear you down. I want to like somehow some way make myself feel better about the decisions I make by questioning your decisions. It makes no sense. Like, why do we always default to negativity? And so that's one thing I've worked on to get now to your question. You know, how do you measure success? One of my like guiding quotes, and it's been attributed to different people. I got to probably eventually, I keep saying it. So eventually I got to figure out who the heck actually said this, but you know, it's not about the pursuit of happiness. It's about the happiness of pursuit yeah. and really figuring out how to romanticize the small moments. And I've been doing that a lot more consciously. Like, I can't wait to make breakfast. I make an awesome breakfast. Like, I can't wait to drive to work because, you know, I'm learning, you know, my wife's Ukrainian. I have a kid on the way. She'll be half Ukrainian. And so, you know, I've been learning Ukrainian. I can't wait to get in the car and do a ne my next class in Ukrainian. Like, I can't wait to get to work and like dive into you know this email or this project or meet with this person like stop focusing on like you said when i'm taller when i'm older because like i did that when i was younger it was like i can't wait to get out of high school then everything is going to be great i can't wait to just, if i can just graduate college everything is going to be awesome and i just need to get out of the army if i can just get out of the army and it's like right. you just you're just instead of living your life on play you're skipping chapters yeah. And how are you going to watch a movie if you're doing the skip chapter button and you're yeah, just seeing, you're seeing screenshots of right. the movie as you go by and a two hour movie takes you a minute? That sucks. Who's going to pay for that? If I said, hey, Ian, let's go watch this movie, but I'm going to hit skip chapter the whole way. You're going to be like, I'm good, man. You, you might be you might be mentally unwell, but we do it all the time in our life. And it's always like, I mean, I can't wait for that vacation next summer, dude it's, it's, it's almost December. Like stop focusing on the summer. Like yeah. you know, how about today, Christmas, New Year's, let's keep it tight. Um, so I've been living consciously a lot more trying to be present and it's, it's really helped in a lot of ways, but it's, it's muscle memory. So like, you know, me and my wife, we got rid of a car. We drive to work every day. I either drop her off or she drops me off more time we get to spend together um you know enjoy walking the dog you know taking these small moments because here's the biggest fallacy i've learned and then we'll kind of I'll, I'll get into kind of my background just because you're busy doesn't mean you're productive and just because you're productive doesn't mean you're effective and so people always think well a lot of motion a lot of activity i must that must be valuable and i must be i can pat myself on the back Oof come home. I, I, I worked a, a, a 14 hour day. Dude, unless you're an ER surgeon or, you know, a construction worker, if you're, if you're in software or content creation and you work a 14 hour day, I'm sorry. I don't think you work well. Yep. And some, a lot of people, you got to do that every once in a while. You got to pull those all nighters every once in a while. I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from that. But a lot of people will immerse themselves in the act of doing things in order to pat themselves on the back. Like, you know, it's like when you work out and you're done, you, you're sweaty and you're like, oh, that must have been a really good workout. Yeah, maybe. 
or you might have just sweat a lot. I don't know. <laughs> like, you know, did you work out well? Um, and so I think you really got to, you know, audit. How are you using your time? Are you using it well? How many distractions do you have throughout the day? Uh, when I work, I work. I don't, you know, get on Yahoo and get on Instagram and then do a little bit of work. Like I go full on immersive work. Like two hours of my time is not two hours of the average person's time. And then that may that I and I do that by design because I have to work out every day. So I have to make time being effective during my day so that I have time to hang out with my wife, to drive her to work, to walk my dog, to you know, go to the gym, because those things make me better and I can't skip them just to work more. What's up, guys? I'm so sorry to interrupt the episode. I just need one minute to share with you all the new and exciting, amazing stuff we've got created here at Men on Purpose. First of all, thank you for listening to the podcast and supporting the movement we're creating for all the men in the world. Next, you've got to check out our new website, menonpurpose.net, where you'll find all kinds of cool stuff, including links to our podcast and the free Men on Purpose community. You're also going to find our new free purpose-driven formula mini course and ebook and links to all of our new coaching programs and products. Look, I've had so many of you ask me where to get started with your personal growth journey or where you can go to level up. So I put this thing together, this free ebook and mini course, and we're going to be talking about and coaching you through a really light version of our purpose-driven formula, which is our foundational formula. And for those of you who are ready now, we got you. Listen up, whether it's becoming the best husband, being the best dad, quitting that job that doesn't serve you, or just understanding how to put you first, we've got what you need to align with your authentic self and find that true fulfillment and live a life with no regrets. Look, we're helping men with structure, support, and sustainability. That's what you've asked for, and that's what we deliver. As we lead you through proven and tested curriculum that focuses on formulas to help you get farther faster. So make sure you go to menonpurpose.net, click the button to download our free, powerful, purpose-driven formula mini course and ebook. And while you're there, make sure you check out some of our amazing products designed to help you find your purpose, stop self-sabotage, and dial in your mindset, skills, and habits to evolve into the best version of you. Why? because we want you to live and have the best life possible. No regrets. So mentalpurpose.net, let's get back to the episode. Yeah, dude, I, I totally get that. I mean, think about the culture we live in when you're talking about skipping scenes. We watch Instagram and all that is is scene skip, yeah. scene skip, scene skip. You know, you don't see the, um, wait, by the way, real quick, I want to make sure that I catch this. Busy isn't productive. Productive isn't effective. Yeah, just because you're busy doesn't mean you're productive. And just because you're productive doesn't mean you're effective. Yeah, I, I, I was taught a long time ago by a coach, uh, movement doesn't equal achievement. Absolutely. And, was, it's, and I, lo- I love the way you put it because it's true. Yeah. I, I used to work 12 to 14 hours a day because I felt like if I don't, then I won't catch up or get ahead of the competition. And if I don't get ahead of the competition, I'll be lost in the crowd. And if I'm lost in the crowd, I'm nobody. And if I'm nobody, I'm not loved. And if I'm not loved, I'm dead. And Yep. And then we run this little cycle of, oh, let's let's avoid death. Okay, well, that means I work more. Yep. 100%. And the the problem isn't isn't the working more, given that you know you're you're literally just just putting your your time and your value on work. It's the it's the accessorial pieces that you need to be involved in that mm-hmm. you're not actually putting the time into. So guys wonder why their relationships are shit or that they're overweight and out of shape or that their communication sucks or that they're, they got an alcohol problem or whatever it might be for them. It's because there's this mentality of, of someday and skip 
that put that formula together and in his recipe for disaster. And really the disaster is not, is not necessarily the life right now. It's the probable and possibly inevitable situation that's going to happen, which is you are going to go through life in mediocrity with a big fat bank account. Yep. Your relationship isn't the best it can be. Your fatherhood isn't the best it can be. And you will face regrets that have pain associated with them that you don't even fucking know is possible yet. 100%. You'll have to deal with that shit and never be able to get that back. And wow. that's what, like my job, my mission, my purpose is to help men understand who they are and why they're here so they can start making pivots and evolutions now so they don't face that in the future and go, oh my God, oh my God, I, I, I wasted my marriage. I wasted my kid's childhood. I, I wasted my youth and now I'm 52 years old and I can't work out the same as I used to when I was 25 and my wife just wants to leave or the, or the inevitable might be that your relationship is just stale as shit and, and it sucks. And that's not how you, that you committed. Like that wasn't the yeah. commitment. That wasn't what you said you wanted for each other. No, oh, 100%, it's, it's, right. That is an epidemic. If you think about it, it really is. It, 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 it's crazy that it's become, it's almost like, and, it, and it's, it goes back to that kind of comment I made about, you know, people tearing people down. When you see a couple who is healthy and look, everybody has fights. We're not talking about that, you know, toxic is not you know arguing toxic is not disagreeing you know toxic is abuse it's cheating it's very serious things and so but like when people you know see healthy couples and they're happy you're almost always like oh it's fake like it's so it's so rare like me and my wife we didn't be there for eight years you know no cheating no bullshit you know, we spend, we've never gone on a vacation separately. We don't want to. I, I have more, more fun hanging out with her than I do hanging out with the boys. I don't want, I don't need to go out with the boys. Like I'm good. Like, she, I'll go out. She's going to come with me, you know, and she's, yeah. she's, she's, she can be, she can hang with the boys. Yeah. And so, but it's like, if you're purposeful about the things that matter, you know, you will focus on what matters. And, and if you're trying to constantly you know, if you misalign your achievement with what matters, you'll be focused on all the wrong things. Like, you know, and you'll be using that to kind of fill this void that, you know, is not, you can't fill it. You know, you're not even, you're not even shoveling dirt into the right hole. And so, you know, you're like, oh, look, I'm just making more money. It's like, yeah, great. But you don't have a relationship with your kids. Your wife, you know, despises you and might be cheating on you because you're never home. You know, right. people cheat on people in very healthy relationships. You're not giving them something. And the telltale signs of that happen years before yeah. it actually ends up getting that bad. And yeah. you just chose to ignore it. And I think, you know, skipping scenes, it's always like, well, you know, two more years and then I'll be partner. And right. then, then I'm going to focus on the family. Two years is a lifetime in the, in the, you know, in a kid's development, in how a wife perceives you. And it's like gaining, you know, 300 pounds and then losing it. You're not going to have the same body before you gained it. You're going to have stretch marks. It's going to be loose skin. Your body will have forever changed. And now you're going to have to deal with the remnants of that, you know, that, that weight gain. And so, right. you know, you can't always hit that redo button. It doesn't mean you can't change. It doesn't mean you can't get better, but you got to understand the consequences of living poorly or living misaligned. Because even when you fix it, you will have done damage that sometimes isn't repairable. Yeah. I mean, aren't we just talking about self-love at its basic concept yeah. and how most men are, are 
associating the love for themselves based on the production level that they can hit or that they can achieve at some point in their lives. I mean, that's really it. It's, it's so that I actually want to ask you that question. What, when was the time that you remember where you did not have that type of love for yourself? And then for the guys that are listening, they want to know how the hell did you get it? How'd you tap in? How'd you dial in? Man, it's a, it's a great question. I would say, I mean, you know, you never, as humans, it's kind of the human condition. Like, you know, I heard somebody say a long time ago, and I liked it, you know, we're not human beings, we're human becomings. Hmm. And you're in a constant state of becoming, you're not just existing, you know, static. And so I don't know that I've, I'll ever reach what I would say is a goal for self love, it's always a, you know, improvement process. But growing up, I mean, there was so, so I'll kind of explain it this way. Like I love running, you know, a lot of people can't tell by looking at me, but I'm, I'm an avid runner and there's something about running that is existential, you know, because only I would know if I do it, only I will know how hard I work at it. I could turn around at any point and no one would know. I could skip days and no one would know. It's a very self-actualizing activity where you wake up and it's cold or it's rainy and you have this moment. I don't care how much you've run or how good you were at running. There's always that <laughs> moment where you're like, man, I don't want to do this shit, especially if you don't get paid for it. If you don't right, get paid right. for it and you're not training <laughs> for a marathon. I mean, there's almost every day I go, oh, come on. Okay, come on, let's go. And right. I got to talk myself into it. But it's that process of doing it and then gutting it out and then feeling great afterwards. And being like, yeah, all right, I did that. And like, I, I love kind of that overcoming my natural tendencies to mentally want to self-select out. And I've done that, you know, and, and that, that was probably my biggest barrier to self-love was, you know, almost an imposter syndrome, I guess. So whenever I was in high school, you know, I, had, I was already accepted to UT um, I had no, you know, my, my dad was in the Navy back in Vietnam. My grandfather was in the Navy and in, in Nam in the Korea War, but I, I didn't grow up in a military household. So it wasn't a part of my life at all. I wasn't some gung ho patriot. I was partying my ass off in high school. Yeah. I was having a great time. So I was going to have an even better time at UT. Um, and one of my friends had, you know, his father, you know, did go to West Point and he was always going to go. And he was like, you should go with me. And I was like, eh, you got to be in the military, right? He's like, yeah. I was like, no, thank you. I was like, that does not sound like a good idea. But he ended up convincing me of it. And, you know, at the time, this was the late 90s, Rumsfeld was downsized in the army. People were getting paid like 100 grand just to get out of the army. And so I was like, well, OK, I wasn't wealthy. Um, you know, my parents didn't have a lot of money. I was like, this would be a way for me to pay for my own college. And then they wouldn't have to you know, help me out, which is what they wanted to. And so in my mind, though, I'm like, there's no way I'm going to get in. So I'll apply because I, I've always been one of those people like there's never been a challenge that I'll self-select out of um, if I like internalize the challenge itself. Like if yes. somebody says like, you know, if I go like, all right, you know, I, I'm going to apply just because I found out about it. If I didn't apply, it would be like I was self-selecting out. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, there's no way I'm going to get in. So this is an easy one. I'll apply. I won't get in. And then I can tell myself for the rest of my life, at least I yeah. tried. Well, shit, I got in. And then I was like, man. So another, you know, kind of a crisis moment. I'm like, I didn't really think this was going to go this far. Now I'm in. Do I go? 
And I didn't have self-love. I was like, oh, I wasn't confident in myself. I wasn't confident in my decision-making. I was like, this is, this is a mistake. Like, what am I doing? But I was like, well, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's a good, it's a good opportunity. It's something different. You know, I don't want to admit that I, I I'm scared. So I'll go. Like, that was literally my thought process. It was like, well, shit, I don't want to tell anybody that like, you know, I was too much of a pussy to go. So I'm going to yeah. go. So I go. And I'm like, well, you know, no big deal. This is, you know, we'll be done with this in four years and we'll probably get paid to get out. People are getting like a hundred grand to get out. Except, you know, my senior year was 9-11. And I still remember walking into my first class after the towers fell. And I had this like cartoonish kernel for a, for a teacher, like steel jaw. And uh, I think he jumped into Grenada or something. And we sit down, he's kind of looking at all of us. And he's like, well, cadets, you're all going to war. I was like, oh, shit. Oh, like, that got real, real fast. Um, and, you know, it was just the series of moments that I think began building confidence in myself because I didn't know what I was getting into, but I at least put myself in play and then got smacked in the face by putting myself in play and then learned that, you know, all right. I'm, I'm not breakable. You know, I'm not going to quit. I am capable. I can do these things. And so, you know, it's like muscle building, you know, yep. you, you, you tear down the muscle, you create those, you know, and you realize that by doing so, it'll make you stronger. But if you don't put yourself in the game, you're never going to achieve the things. And I say achieve in terms of success and failure. You're never going to achieve the recognition of success or failure that will help teach you what you're good at, what you need to improve on, how you overcome, what do you think? Uh, and I've always done that from, you know, Air, you know, West Point, Airborne School, Ranger School, combat deployments. It was always, how are you going to know unless you put yourself out there? And the more you do, and the more you achieve, and the more you lead, and the more you put yourself in situations where you can gain confidence, the more love you'll have for yourself because you'll be like, I did that or I helped that person or I did that thing. So like now fast forward to today, I don't miss out on an opportunity. Like I, I kind of, you know, I'm not terribly religious. I you know, went to a Catholic private school as a child and I think that was enough to make me spiritual, but not religious. Yeah. And, you know, but I, there's something really cool going on and I don't know what it is. Maybe we've been seated by aliens Maybe, you know, there's a guy in a, a big white robe up there who's going to say what's up to me one day. You know, maybe it's just really cool science at work and there's all this great energy and, you know, all these things going on, but something feels special. And so when I feel something like an urge to do a thing or to help a person or to make that call, um, I follow through with it every time. I, I feel like that's like the universe telling me that's where you need to go. And the scarier, the better. Um, you know, I think it was Will Smith that said, you know, God put the best things in your life on the other side of terror. And I've, I've always believed that, you know, like if it's scary, that's probably what you should be doing. Yeah. And I, dude, I, I totally agree with you on that. Do you think that that applies to like relationships and it applies to everything? You got to face that, that terror, that thing, like even, in, even something that sounds simple like communication or sharing vulnerability with your partner. Does that? I think, it I think it's so astute that you said that because I think I read a study a while back that um, basically 
you know, there, there's a healthy medium, you know, or there's, 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 you know, you can go too far, but couples that don't fight will always fail, you know, because guys will, guys will talk about that all the time. I was in a relationship like that where we never fought and it was, we stayed out of each other's way. And it was basically like we were roommates and the study kind of found that like, that doesn't mean you're in a healthy relationship. It means you yeah, don't no. give a shit. It means you don't care. You just right. you don't, you know, you fight for what you care about. You get scared when it matters. Like when it, when it feels like, you know, I don't want to lose this person or I'm nervous to admit that I'm, I made a mistake or I did something that emotional trigger is telling you it's important to you. And you know, you don't want that person to think less of you, or you don't want that person to be disappointed in you. That's when you do it because that person is so important to you and you have to have that trust. And if you don't trust them with your own vulnerabilities, they're never going to trust you with yours. And that's even more important. Um, you know, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. It's not a misogynistic statement. You know, men are, we're big, dumb animals, right? And so we always think we know what's going on or we think we're getting by or getting over. Women always know. They always know what's going. They they know when something's up. They know when you're acting funny, and they won't say anything. You know, they'll, they'll you know, I always say men are like dogs. We're just out here, you know, ears flapping, just looking for someone to scratch our belly. Women are like cats. Like they're always watching you. They always know what's up, and they're a little cool. They play it cool. So you need to be the first one a lot of times. Um, and look, we're in a, a modern era, so I know these roles can switch, and it, it might be different, but. You know, someone usually is the dog and someone's the cat. Um, someone's more dominant and someone, you know, is a little bit more reserved uh, in a lot of relationships, whether it's the man or the woman, doesn't matter. But you need to, one of you has to, you know, present your own yeah. vulnerability. And I guarantee you, the other one will be a mirror of it. The other one will be like, oh man, I'm glad you said something. Here's something from me. And maybe not in that moment, but soon you'll create this dynamic where each of you feels comfortable sharing your worries and i'll tell you i don't have a single secret from my wife you know and i don't mean that by like i'm a super altruistic guy like some of the things i would rather she not know she kind of found out on her own and like i'm like oh God, i thought i hit that better um but like we're at a point now where we literally there's not a single skeleton in our closet man you i i couldn't pay for that kind of just transcendence like it just feels so good like i don't have to worry about like running into somebody or running into a friend and be like oh shit i dated that girl or like i don't have to worry about like her you know if she wants to look at my phone here you go take it she her fingerprints are on my phone you can look at it whenever you want like that kind of just not having that weight on your shoulder and that effortless, you know, living with somebody else and just having everything on the table. It's, 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 it's discomforting sometimes. Um, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. Well, isn't it discomforting because there's a lot of trust that that person could, if they wanted to, they could fuck you over potentially. Absolutely. You know? They could, they got, they got enough on you where they could, they could, they could spin some things fast. Yeah. And that's a, that, that's the thing though. Like, what do we, you know, I, I said this to a good friend of mine recently, you know, he kind of, he thought he was kind of getting over on this girl who was absolutely with him. He was kind of looking, maybe the grass is a little greener, but he was like, you know, trying to, trying to, you know, kind of one foot in the door, one foot out. 
And he kept talking about her, like it was her problem. It's a little version of gaslighting. He's like, you know, yeah. she's not, she's not putting herself out there for me. She's not fun or she's not doing this or she's not doing that. I'm like, she's capable. She's just not doing it because she knows you're not hundred percent in. I wasn't hundred percent in. I mean, I, I think I was mentally, but I didn't show my wife. I was hundred percent in, in the first kind of phase of our relationship. And she knew it. And so she's like, well, I'm not going to give you all of me. If yeah, you're not you? giving me all of you, if I'm just an option, yeah. why would I give you my best self? Yeah. And that's why so I had to be kind of all in and be like, you know what? That's it. Move to Austin. Move in with me. It's you. And yeah. then, then the relationship changed. And it was like, okay, you've kind of validated that, you know, I'm your person. And, and then I'll, now I'll give you my full self. Um, and I think that's, that's important for people to understand that you know you you have to be able to take that step to be discomforting and be open and honest and then you know i think someone else will now see that as an opportunity to you know give them their best self or give you their best self dude do you remember the chris rock bit men are as only only as faithful as their options yeah. it's from his you, you and i are, are, I, are right here chris rock bit I'll, i always think like i'll shake the shit yeah i love that one you're right it, it is 100 yeah. options i remember friends, I mean, friends they haven't had sex with yet right like you and you and i are pretty much the same age and and um uh wait you were at west point during at 9 11 yeah yeah my senior year oh you're seeing because you may be a little older than me i, I was a sophomore in college and uh and, and yeah, I, I remember that day crazy, not going down that road, but like the, I remember watching that bit. I think it was the bigger blacker album. Yeah. And I remember, I think he was like in a leather suit and he was pacing back and forth and you know, he's got those long fingers. He's like, yeah. men are only as faithful as their options. And I thought, wow, that's an interesting concept because I'm young at that time. And then in thinking about it, like that's, that's real because what you're talking about, and I want the audience to really key in on this. How many of you audience right now are both feet in on your marriage, your relationship, your partnership with your partner in business, your children? Like, and by the way, only as faithful as your options doesn't mean cheating on your wife. Oh. It means, it also means you're only as faithful as your options with your children. Like if you got a circle, an environment, an inner circle group of guys that plays golf and goes gambling and does all this shit every other night, you're you have options that you have allowed yourself to have and now you're able to make choices which you're now putting yourself in the wrong environment the wrong headspace the wrong inner circle the, and i say wrong like it's not serving of the goals that you have and i'm guaranteeing that 50 percent of the guys listening to this right now they are one foot in one foot out and giving themselves options that do not serve the results that they want for their relationship or their lives yeah. just think about that shit you say, I want this, you go for this with a little bit over here. You know, my, my dad, my dad's here. They're, my parents are hanging out in my house in California. Oh, my dad would always say, you can always do this to me. If you guys are watching on Instagram, this all chips in on you, dude, never, ever, ever. I don't care if you got two chips or a thousand chips. If, if, if it comes down to you got to bet on something, you bet everything on you. Don't leave one chip for the dealer. Don't leave one for the drink lady. Don't leave one just in case. If you go all in, at least you'll know that you went all in and you gave it everything that you had. Yep. You leave that one little drink ticket out. You leave that one little tip for the waitress. 
you know that you didn't bet on you and you didn't trust you fully, which is another problem that men have. I, and I said, actually, I want to, I want to go into that for a second. I want to, I want to go back to one thing, which was the, the, you said something about, um, geez, man, something like it, it, you, you were saying something and I was like, does that mean self-sabotage? And I wanted to ask you and I didn't, and I've totally well, forgot about it. I'll, get, well, I'll give you an example. Maybe this will spur it. So yeah. I, I did. And when I, I used to self-sabotage in a way that is very innocuous. And I'll, I'll tell you something that I think everybody can, can relate to, or at least most people can't, they're being honest. I used to, I think we all think of, man, I'm some hard charging, chest pounding, you know, Andrew Tate, badass. And like, you know, most of that's a front for one. Um, most of it's a stick, a shtick, but I used to disarm people by disclaiming myself. Hmm. And it was a, it's a very unhealthy tactic. It's, it's a version of negative self-talk. And um, so I, after grad, so I got my MBA and all, after the army, came back to Austin, got my MBA at McCombs. And then after McCombs, I did a Kaufman fellowship. So it's two years in Silicon Valley. And the CEO at the time, who was kind of in charge of, of recruiting people, you know, probably thousands of people apply. It was like 20 of us that got in. Um, and so, you know, you do these real immersive, the whole point of the program was to find the next generation of, you know, great venture capitalists and, and entrepreneurs. And I, you, it's incredible that people have been through this program. And so like, I'm sitting in this room and I'm hearing about people that were previous Kaufman fellows and in my room, you know, I mean, I mean, there's been Olympic athletes and Nobel Prize runner-ups, and you know there was like a, the number four at Oracle was in one, one a class you know behind me, um, just remarkable people. And I'm sitting there going like, man, I do not belong here. Yeah. And I was real uncomfortable. And you know it's kind of like you know maybe maybe they they just didn't realize who I was. Like I mean because at this point I had an MBA and you know I had served a couple you know tours of combat, but. I mean, what do I have to offer, right? And so I were the, the first class, everybody's kind of introducing themselves and talking and, they, you know, they get to me and everybody's giving their background and they get to me and I'm still, I'm nervous here, but I'm, I'm going to play it off, right? So I go, well, you know, hey, I'm Randall Crowder. Um, I'm, you know, this guy named Phil uh, Wickham. I'm Phil Wickham's charity case for this class. And, uh, and I went to continue my little bit and he goes, stop. Don't ever fucking do that again. Yeah, I was like, and he's a really kind of nice, jovial guy. I was like, was like, whoa, <laughs> like, what? he's like, like, the amount of people that went into basically evaluating you to get here, interviewing you to get here, and deciding that you had something to give and value to add—that's insulting to them. Yeah, it's insulting to your parents. It's insulting to me. You deserve to be here because you are here. Don't ever disclaim yourself whether it's to disarm people, whether it's because you're nervous, you know, you have to be authentic. And negative self-talk is rarely, if ever, authentic. Yeah. So don't put that into the universe. And it was like, whoa, shit, like, okay. And I've never done it since. Um, after, you know, Coffin Fellows, I, I, I spent a decade as a venture capitalist, an angel investor in venture capitalist. I was the youngest guy in every room I was the only guy that looked like an MMA fighter. I didn't belong in any room I've ever been in, really. 
Um, but I never, I never did that again. And, you know, I, I owned every room I was in and it was just a wake up call. It was like, yeah. you, know, you have to put yourself, you know, in play and, and I, you know, don't self-sabotage, you know, people don't want to meet people that are immediately are like, Hey, um, you know, I'm not that smart, but like, Hey, nice to meet you. It's like, Whoa, shit. Like you're wasting my time. Like, right. you know, you want to meet people who tell me about yourself. Like I get it. You know, you're probably not you know, a math whiz, an NFL athlete and a great singer, you know, there's limitations to us all, but give me your, give me you, give yeah. me your best self. Yeah. Well, dude, that's what we're talking about though. Where, where I said in the beginning, like one of our biggest goals and missions in, in, in the MOP world is to help men find who they are and why they're here, that yeah. authentic version. And, and within our training, we have the difference between the natural self and the authentic self. The natural self is the program self from the outside, society, military, mom and dad, school, bullshit, corporate, whatever. And, and the authentic self is the guy that's like, man, why did I just say that? That was so dumb. That was so stupid. Why, why am I doing this? Why do I keep going out with these guys after work? Why do I do this? And that, that, that transition from the natural self, the program self to the self program self, the authentic, is is actually a very quick transition if you think about it it takes a long time to develop those habits mm -hmm. and to like sit it or like seed it in or whatever you, whatever you call it for the concrete to harden yeah yet it's it's really just one choice away like you're talking about and i want to point that out in that moment when the guy was like don't ever fucking do that again like you're insulting every single person that ever looked at the value that you bring yeah. and you just dis you just discredited everybody like i i, I love the way you put that because that is the majority, especially high level men out there who uh, uh, discount or disclaim their marriage and their partner yeah. or discount or disclaim their weight or their job or their position. And like, you know, I, yeah, I got I got promoted, but I'm a charity case for the boss. We play golf together, you know, yeah. and inside the guy's like, fuck, yeah, I earned this. And the natural self is like, you don't deserve it. You're a loser just like you were told in fifth grade. Mm -hmm. And that programming, right? I got taught this in Landmark, that past programming hits that present moment, gives you a decision, a choice, and you go, come with me. And you create this present and this future for yourself that perpetuates and it becomes a habit. And then you're 45. And most of the guys that come to me have hit a wall, right? It's a death, a divorce, something major happened, a health scare. And they woke up and they're like, oh my God, I, I cannot believe I've been doing that. Yeah. What do I do now? And the answer is you remove the parts of you that aren't the authentic you. The authentic you will be standing there and you operate your life from that point. Can you do that? And they're like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't you know. It's scary. What helped, what helped me get there? And it is, I don't know when it kind of, I've done a lot of like crazy things that like people would kind of been in some crazy situations that are, you know, somebody on Instagram would think like real, like, you know, real manly shit. Right. Like, I don't really care about that. Um, I like testing myself, you know, I've, I've been in a lot of fights. I've been shot at, I've, I've shot at in anger. I've pulled my gun in a uniform and as a civilian, you know, I, I've, I've, I've tested myself in a lot of situations. So I kind of know how I'll respond. I don't really think of that as, very macho quite frankly um but it has wedded i call it like 
<laughs> so it's a stupid question. So when I used to, I used to get a lot of fights. It was just, and it usually was never my fault, but like, you know, I, I was decent at fighting and, and if, 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 it, if it came to me, fine. But like one of the things that would set me off, you know, either, you know, physically imposing, you know, anything physically with a woman, I'm born in Texas, I'm an old school kind of, you know, chivalrous person. So, you know, even if I don't know you, if I see that, that's a trigger um there's a trigger for bullying i can't stand bullies and so i love you know in high school i love bullying bullies like that was always my i got a kick out of that watching someone who's traditionally not afraid be afraid um but i think you know for me that is like the ultimate like power move is to stop comparing yourself to other people and stop giving a shit what they think like and that has led me in a weird way to like radical transparency and honesty, which just is easier. I don't have to think about this. I don't lie to anybody. I don't have to think about what stories I told. I don't, you know, I, I tell you, you know, this is me, take it or leave it, you know, and it creates a very honest exchange with somebody else. But if you are either, you know, what I used to do, disclaiming yourself, if you're lying to make yourself feel better, if you're, you know, hiding, you know, the fact that you're in a relationship, you know, a lot of people do that on social media. I always think that's weird. Um, it's like, I know you're together, but you don't post any pictures. Why? Right. Um, you know, we think we all know why, but like, that's like a, you know, pardon my French, but like, that's a bitch move. Like yeah. you're, you're afraid to show off your girl. You're afraid to be honest with people. You're afraid to give people your true self. You're a beta. You're not an alpha. Yeah. I don't care much. If you were an alpha, you just give it to me raw, like straight no chaser. You wouldn't yeah. be such a scared little person trying to impress me or post pictures of your private jet that you rented and it was somebody else's, you know, somebody else paid for it. Like, you know, you're you're insecure. And that that's weakness. Like if I yeah. see that, I'm like, I got you. Like if, if it came down to it, I'd eat you alive. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, when you're constantly putting on this air that is that is false and it's born out of insecurity you know i don't want to be weak i don't in my heart of hearts i don't and so i began cultivating that like you know i'm not going to lie to you because if i lie to you that that's giving you power that's giving you control over how i see myself if i'm nervous to show off my wife or if like you know a girl like walks up like you know hey how's it going like i'm like married <laughs> like you know yeah. I, you know I, I you 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 don't have any shot whatsoever like you know it's like i'm not gonna toe the line or like you know be flirtatious and like pretend like i'm single like no because then that's giving my power over to her yeah. it's like i don't like giving other people my power so if you're about to lie to somebody if you're about to gaslight somebody if you're about to you know, do something that is not genuine for you, you are likely weak and you are scared of that other person. So you got to first kind of course correct that, you know, you got to start realizing that if you really truly want to be a type A personality, you want to be a leader, you got to be authentic and you got to stop giving your power over to other people through your bullshit. Yeah, dude, there's a couple questions in that one. Uh, what I was thinking about earlier, Matthew McConaughey in his speech at, I think, University of Houston, Houston. one of his like 14 rules I love was, uh, and that I love and, and follow is clean up your crumbs. Yeah. Don't leave crumbs. 
Right? Like you're saying with your phone, you look at my phone all day long. I got nothing to hide. Zero. Yeah. I'm not DMing people. I don't have private messages. I don't have hidden pictures. You're, and by the way, when you have that dynamic and it could be unspoken, like when you actually clear that space in your relationship, the, the level of what opens up, you don't even know about right now. You don't even know what's possible until you clear that shit out, right? All part of our process is illuminate, eliminate, calibrate. That's the formula for the purpose-driven life. And so you, you start to clear that shit out, clear all those crumbs up. And what opens is a level of trust that you, you may never have had in your life. Maybe yeah. you're really scared because when you open up like that, you could be really hurt. Yeah. And, yeah. and you got to no, put yourself out okay. there. Like, I think it's like, so this is less popular, but like, and I get, and my wife, you know, gives me a, a hard time for this, but I'm going to keep saying it. Cause again, it's my authentic self. Like I love her. Like she's my person and I don't cheat on her because I don't need to. And I don't, I don't have the desire to, but that's like the, the hallmark answer that happens to be true. Sure. It's not the full story. And, and it kind of goes back to what I was just saying about handing over your power. I was like, because, you know, at least in my relationship, you know, sometimes like I, I'm a little bit more aggressive and outgoing. I'm a typical, you know, August baby. I'm a Leo. Um, I'm an ENTJ. If anybody knows Myers Briggs, um, my, my wife is sweeter and she's nicer. And, you know, she'll occasionally have that, that thought, like, you know, that insecure thought. And, and that's totally fine. That's warranted. Um, we all have them every once in a while. It's what we do with them that matters. But uh, I tell her, I'm like, there's a part of me that also would never cheat because of that. Like yeah, yeah. my, you know, confidence in like knowing that I've got no skeletons. Cause like, even if like, she'll never find out, like you guys will go on a bachelor party or something and they'll be like, man, no one's ever going to know, but you'll know. Yeah. And like, when she starts coming down on you about something, you'll always know in the back of your mind, like, you know, you wronged her like on a, on a cosmic level. For me, man, I walk 10 feet tall because like when she's mad or like she she might accuse me of something in a fit of rage. I'm like, what do you got? You got nothing. You got nothing because I've never fucked up ever. Right. And, it, and it, it is like, I mean, it's like the best drug on the planet to know yeah. that I've never wronged her and to know that I kind of have that over her. Like, you know, no matter what happens. Like, I don't have to live with guilt. I don't have to live with any skeletons. And just being in a relationship for eight years where I've never, you know, fucked up, man, it's like, a, it's the best drug on the planet. And like, I would never give that up in a moment of drunken, like, oh, I'm gonna have a one night stand. Like, yeah. No way. No way. I would never. Isn't that, just a, isn't that just a scarcity mindset? Like, I, it's in front of me. I don't have to work for it. I'll just take it now. But here's the thing, though. Like, when, when that fight comes up, even if it's so secretive, nobody knew. It was in the middle of the Montana wilderness, and there's no camera. There's no proof. You can't get anything on me. It's that, it's that self-integrity piece that says, I just broke a commitment to me. Yeah. Fuck, forget never, about the commitment I made here. You can never, you can't buy her enough stuff. No. You can't, you can't no. you know, be nice to her and cook her dinner. Once you do that, it's an entirely different trajectory for y'all's relationship. You could, you know, you could grow old together. I'm not saying you can't, but there is something, you know, the, the only, the closest thing I could imagine is, and I was my, by no means, we've already covered, you know, my, my, my opinion on religion. Um, I was by no means a virgin when I got married. Um, but 
yeah, I feel like that must be what they feel. You know, people who are like, you know, this is that sacred thing that I'm going to yeah. hold on to. I didn't have that as a sacred thing to hold on to, but this kind of commitment to her and I'm not going to, I'm not going to ever make you look stupid. I'm not, cause, cause cheating's a big one, right? Like that, that's one you, you can, you know, try to not do, but it's also, you know, how do you talk about her to other people? You know, do you make her look stupid? Do you kind of joke with your boys about, you know, this or that? Do you tear her down to get along with the crowd? Um, that's also kind of a very insidious thing to do. You know, you should put your partner, I don't care if it's a man, a woman, non-binary, whatever it is, whoever you love, put them on a pedestal and your, you should protect their heart with your own. Yeah. And, you know, you should, you should know at a fundamental level, you know, you are not here to hurt that person in any way. And, and yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Like, it's not cool to talk shit with the boys and go, you know, hook up with random strippers. It's cool <laughs> to love your partner. It's cool to put them on a pedestal. Yes. Cool to raise a family with them. It's cool to be present in your kids' lives. Yeah. That's, that's cool. Dude, you know, what, what's really interesting is we're talking about, like, when we talk about self-trust, we talk about the, the disclaiming yourself, we're really talking about setting commitments to yourself and breaking them and having no integrity to your own self. And that's where distraction and the bullshit comes in, right? And at the same time, if you got those skeletons and you're in battle with your spouse, if you're just having one of those nights where you're like, we're, we're going to dish this out, you're fighting with a very different weapon. Oh, yeah. And if you had nothing to hide, you're fighting oh, yeah. with a much bigger sword, which hurts way more when you go to stab and swipe. Yeah. And then this person that doesn't know where you're actually coming from is like, fuck, you are you're out yeah. of control, dude. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, you're like, hey, listen, everything's cool. Meanwhile, the bachelor party in Montana is, mm -hmm. you know, coming back you know up in your did. head. And you feel like shit because it's not the cheating was the result of your break of integrity. The yeah. cheating isn't the fucking factor. It's the result of you breaking something, failing at something and not committing to something. That's really all that was. Well, so, and that's, that's an important thing too. And I know we were talking about kind of that, that disconnect between career and, and home life. In addition to not, you know, self-selecting out of situations that can make you stronger. In addition to not disclaiming yourself and, you know, making yourself, you know, less deserving of the positions you know you you see yourself in i think people oh, i'll say this like in a, a polite way like <laughs> there's just a i mean i guess it's it's kind of like the, the the imposter syndrome that kind of leads to you know insecurity like maybe i don't deserve this but then it can kind of become it can turn into a weapon of itself. And I mean, I think most people call it gaslighting, but yeah. you start to kind of say, well, you know, I cheated because, you know, she doesn't give me as much attention anymore, or he doesn't, you know, do these things for me anymore or whatever. Like you can't control someone else's journey. And 10 times out of 10, people don't wake up in the morning and they're like, man, I'm going to really piss off Ian today. Right, like people right. are just living their lives. And sometimes right. what they do pisses you off. But like when you start messing up and then blaming other people for what you did, man, that is just, that is like the lowest class type of person. Yeah. 
You know, you did what you did. Own that. Stop being a bitch. You know, every time, like I hate bullies. I hate bullshitting. I hate inauthentic people. Like, do not gaslight your partner because you fucked up. Oh, you know what? She gained weight after the kids were born. Oh, she's not as sexual with you. So you had to go cheat. Man, come on. Like you cheated because you're a piece of shit. Like you cheated because you're a fundamentally broken person and you went out and did something that you know you shouldn't have done. Don't make it her fault. Don't make it his fault. It's your fault. Own that. Yeah. And then try to be better because you you can't unring that bell. So... Man, if for those of you out there that haven't crossed that line yet, don't ever cross it. If you are, if you want to be with the person you're with, don't ever cross it. And if you want to cross it, let that person go live their life. You know, break up with them. Go let that person go find their person. If, if you're not the kind of person that's going to be there for them, you're not the kind of person that's going to commit to them, you're taking up space in their life. If you're at a job, you're quiet quitting, new popular term now, and you're just sitting there taking up space, man. The universe has a way of really screwing over people that screw over people. Like I'm just telling you, there, there, there's something to be said for like this. This, you know, it might not be today, it might not be tomorrow, but like if you live a very selfish life, that shit comes around. Yeah, yeah, dude. I, I, I love everything you said because one of the biggest things that we do in our mastermind groups is I'll say to somebody, regardless of what your life is now, it is 100% your fault. Mm -hmm. And it's tough as shit for people to gather their head around that. It was tough as shit for me to gather my head around it eight years ago when somebody proposed that question to me, 100% on you. It's not your wife did this and it caused you to do this. You did that because you did that all on you. Period. Your house you live in, the bank account, the way it looks, the car you drive, the shape you're in, Everything is 100% up to you. And it's not that other people don't have some shit involved. It's that when you adopt this mindset that I take it all on and I own 100%, that mindset now elevates the decisions that you make in the future, you know? So real quick, as we- You know, men on purpose. I mean, living on purpose is such a powerful construct. Yeah. it, It forces accountability, you know? You did that on purpose, that failure, that mistake, that achievement, you know, that lie, it was on purpose in the moment you decided to do it. And, and, you know, the, the choice is, you know, what do you want to be your purpose so that you can live on purpose? Yeah. And, and people ask me all the time, what does mental purpose mean? And one person here in LA, and I probably is only LA. They were like, does that mean, is that against transgender? And I just, and I just, I did a double take. Like I didn't even, I didn't even turn my head. I just went, I, uh, I don't even know how to answer that question. And they were like, so it is. And I was like, have a wonderful day. You know, yeah, I just, I yeah. just like, I'm so, I don't even want to engage that, that, with that. You know, we are, we are kind of, you know, in the same bracket, which, oh, by the way, you know, just a shout out to everybody kind of, you know, later into Gen X, you know, beginning of like Zennials, which I think we actually are. Yeah. We were, I had somebody else describe to this to me, like we are the last generation ever, the last generation that was able to grow up analog, but was still young enough to learn digital that we're comfortable with it. And so- yeah. Yeah. You remember what it was like 
you know, to leave the house in the summer at, you know, when the sun came up and not come back until yeah. it was dark. And it was Definitely. like, Lord of, it was Lord of the flies. Right. And, you know, you, sometimes you get punched in the face or sometimes you get lost or sometimes you build a fort or you just right. do weird shit. Yeah. Um, and, you know, kids these days don't get that, but that self-actualization is so important. And I think, you know, there is this overcorrection today. Like, look, I love diversity. I love inclusiveness. I, I love pe that people can love whoever they want. I love that people are at least thinking about like, wait a minute, is what I'm saying misogynistic? Is what I'm saying, you know, racially motivated? You know, that I think we should have introspection in a lot of ways because we haven't always been great at that um, as, a, as a country. That being said, intention matters. You know when someone is saying something that is out of line and it's meant to be out of line and you typically know when you're just trying to pick a fight like randomly yeah, yeah. and you can do that in a way that shows you appreciate the intent but you want to have a conversation you want to have a dialogue cool by all means do yeah. that with care don't do it in this kind of cancel culture mindset where everything is a fight. And it's like, yeah. man, because eventually you start to, it's basically like a virus. Like you start to confuse communication. People will self-select out. And now you're not having a conversation at all. Like there are people, you know, I always, every group has its, its extreme, right? Like, you know, when someone is on the far right and they start talking, I'll self-select out. I'm like, dude, I don't have time for you right now. Agreed. You know, when you're on the far left, I don't have time for you right now. And all of a sudden, so if you have something good to say, don't lose me as an audience member because you are tone deaf and you don't understand intention. Not everything I say is trying to insult somebody or trying to make somebody feel like their category is not validated. Yes. And you know, you don't attack me every time. You can educate me, you can ask me questions, but don't go looking for a fight every single time because now you're gonna, it's like when someone cusses all the time, they don't really matter. My mom never cusses. So when she cusses, I'm like, whoa, something happened. You know, so like choose your, you know, choose your battles wisely so that you can advance discussion and that you don't become a caricature of the thing that you're fighting to represent. Yeah. And that's what I fear is happening right now where, you know, cancel culture now has become a negative term. And so, you know, don't make, don't do two steps forward, one step back when it comes to diversity and inclusion, because you're ranting about things that aren't really what those things are meant to be or to people who aren't attacking you do it with care yeah and, and curiosity do yeah it with curiosity sure. oh i love that like 100%. there's a lot of there's a lot of people that say to me i do i wear this shirt every day i'm proud as fuck that this brand that i built and this movement that i've created <clears throat> and it's only going it's only growing growing and, and picking up uh power and speed and, cur yeah. and courage and I have a lot of people, especially here in LA, that are like, what is this? What's what's this? What's this? Uh, tell me about this. Mm -hmm. And I had this lady at the car wash and she just said, is this toxic, toxic masculinity? And I realized she was asking me because she wanted to dialogue, yeah, not fight. And I said, farthest from it. And she was like, so what is it? And then I said, 
It's that men are responsible and have a choice as to who they are and how they represent themselves, their families, who they show up as, and, and anything else you can talk about with being on purpose. And she's like, I fucking love that. Is that yeah. the car? Is that the car wash? Look, and that's, that's, and I got a subscriber, a female yeah. subscriber, you know, like the guy at the, the guy at the weed shop down the street from my house. My wife and I like to take gummies, have some fun. Yeah. I'm wearing a shirt. And the guy, yeah. I get into a two hour conversation. She's calling me and I'm like trying to pick up my phone. And the guy goes, you can't pick up your phone in a weed shop. And I'm like, dude, hang on. My, I got kids. What's up? Where are you uh, at the store? Well, what are you doing? You went, you were 20, it's about 20 minutes. I'm like, well, they started talking about men on purpose stuff. And we started talking about, about, you know, personal development and the whole store got involved. It was like eight o'clock at night. Anyway, dude, I, I have, uh, I have so many additional questions. I, I absolutely loved this conversation. Absolutely. We gotta, loved we gotta do a, we'll have to do a part two. Yeah, I, I think we're going to do a part two here. Um, bro, wh where can people find you? What, where, where do you need? I, I don't know what to ask. What do you want people to, what do you want people to do to find you, to get to you, to help you, to support you? Like what you're into so you many know, different honestly, things. Honestly, I, I like people doing their own jam. You know, I'm not, I'm not a big, you know, so Todd, you know, introduced us, uh, but I met Todd through a, a dear friend of mine, Dan Fleischman, who, who is a, a remarkable person in his own right. Um, and he's always gotten on me like about like, you know, I don't really have, yeah. I, I'm not trying to grow followers. I'm not, I don't have a presence. I'm not creating content, but I, <laughs> I love ripping with good people. And yeah, so, yeah. You know, Todd, you know, I've been putting myself out there a little bit more, you know, and some of it's just, you know, pure selfishness and being able to meet people like you. Um, so I hope that something that we talked about resonated with somebody, you know, that's my, that, that that's what I, I'm most getting out of this is if we've impacted even at least one person's life or how they think about things. Um, but I'm easy to find, you know, I'm at Randall Crowder on Instagram. I'm at Crowder official on Twitter. Uh, I have at Randall Crowder on Twitter. I got to probably call up Elon. I have no idea what my password is. And so for the last like three years, it's just been at Crowder official because I don't know what the hell that password is for to save my life. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, Randall Crowder. You know, you can go to Funware, um, funware.com. Uh, learn a whole lot about Funware and what we're doing, which is really cool. Um, and just, you know, I would just say, you know, live an authentic life. Um one of the things my mom always told me that is that is the last thing I'll kind of leave people with. If you have a choice between being right and being kind, just be kind. And that'll save yourself a lot of trouble. You know, there's a lot of times where you find like, man, I'm going to really give it to this person or, you know, man, everybody's living their own journey and it's tough. Um, you know, you don't need to rub someone's face in it. Sometimes you just got to, you know, just, just swallow it and, and be kind, be kind to people, live with intention, understand other people's intention and, and try to just leave the world a better place. Yeah. Well, I can totally appreciate that, man. Randall, thanks for, thanks for being here, man. Thanks for your time. Appreciate the hour. Dude, we, we, I, I'm going to email you. We're going to book a second. Cause bro, we could go. I, I have so many notes. Like I, I got, I got a page for man. I, <laughs> And I, I love it. Let's do it, man. If you're, if you're ever in Austin, you got to let me know. And, and I will. I will. They're out in Orange County, uh, seeing our employees. I'll, I'll, I'll okay. come out. I think it'd be fun to get together in person. I love it, man. So audience, we are going to do a, a, a we're going to do a part two. We're going to get deeper into leadership. I want to get deeper into like some of that anger we talked about. And I want to understand how you move through that a little bit of the military stuff. We'll do a part two audience. Go check out Randall and all the amazing stuff he's doing for the world. Um, everything you need will be on mentalpurpose.net. 
We love you. We appreciate you. We thank you for listening. And remember, be on purpose, become irreplaceable men, and impact this world in the most positive manner. We'll catch you on the next one.